Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Keelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our 35th official episode. Today is NBA Finals Preview. We've been waiting all year for this, and I'm, I'm really excited. We're one day away. Tomorrow yeah. night. Yeah, before we get into it, I just want to talk about the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals. Starting with the Western Conference, it was blowout, man. It was 4-0. Bring out the brooms. And I felt so bad for my man, Dame. And it, it was, it was no one was surprised, right? Like, no, I, I, you can't say you're surprised to see the Warriors win at least. To see to say that they swept the, the the Blazers in four without KD, that was a little bit surprising. But the thing but is, the, the outcome of Warriors going to the finals, no one's surprised. Is, I thought, in terms of like how close it was, it is what I expected. It was just like a few things fall different ways. Yeah, the, a few things happen where the where the Blazers don't choke three double-digit leads at halftime, For sure. then the Warrior, then <clears throat> then the Blazers steal one or two games, is what I'm saying. It's really incredible that the Warriors, they always come out guns blazing in the third quarter, even more so without Kevin Durant. It's like, that's one thing that's definitely going to continue into the NBA Finals, is even if you're up by 15-20 at halftime, you're not safe. you got to come out of, the, out of halftime playing even better than you were before, even better than that first half that got you a 20-point lead. Trying to win by 40. To just... Because if you come out flat at all, the Warriors are running He's, over you. That doesn't happen in the regular season. You, at, at halftime, if you're up 20, you don't, you're don't. you not in that mindset where no. it's like, okay, we have to win this game by 40. We have to stomp out their throats. Yeah. It's it's really unbelievable that there's a team that's this dangerous without their best, the, player. Without their best player. Which unbelievable. Is, that's the magic of the and, Warriors. And you can... That's part of the reason why I think you can really make the argument this team is... Not necessarily better, not necessarily more unbeatable, but like they're definitely a little bit more dangerous without Kevin Durant. The way they move the ball, the way that everything flows. I think it's the opposite. I, I think they in, in the fourth quarter they're definitely less dangerous because they don't have no. Kevin no, Durant is the single best no, guy no, going, saying, going and getting you, a bucket. You think, you think they're better with Kevin Durant but less dangerous? I think they're better without Kevin Durant but less dangerous. You think they're more dangerous? I think they're less dangerous because I think that if you have Kevin Durant. And that's just another dude that can go for forty, so yeah. that's more dangerous. And that just like they're all of a sudden you're just, you're just unbeatable. But but the but thing I think is, also just as a constant, I think they do play better without Kevin Durant. You have they average more assists per game without Kevin Durant. They move the ball better. I I think though when board. when you don't have Kevin Durant on the court, you rely a lot more on guys like Draymond, Clay, and Steph to have great nights. So if if both Steph Curry and Clay Thompson have an off night, then you're gonna be a bad team that night. Not a bad team, but a much Not worse really. team. I think also Whereas, like, the, the, Kevin sy- Durant, the system gets better, though. So I feel like the system kind of keeps yeah, but you that's Yeah, but that's why it's dangerous. Is because when those two guys are hot, they're getting way more touches. They're, the ball is moving a whole lot better. They're coming off screens, and they're getting better looks. I think if those so guys, that's when they're dangerous. I think if those two guys are hot anyways... They're dangerous, anyways. But they don't get. Durant. But they don't get the same movement. They don't get they, the same quality of shots and, and frequency they get, of shots. They get the more not not quality, same frequent quantity and like quantity of shots. I, I think mean. they do though, because I think the Warriors are so unselfish. Where Kevin Durant has said like, "Hey, if Clay, if Clay straight up, is, straight up, they get fewer shots when Kevin Durant is on the court. When Kevin Durant is in their starting lineup and Clay Thompson is five for six from three, I think yes, yeah. I think throughout the rest of the game, he would get the same amount of shots as if Kevin Durant wasn't on that team. But that is a very specific situ- situation in which Clay Thompson is five for six from three. That's, That's what, very rare. That, oh, four for six. <laughs> four for six. Four for six. Okay. That, that, that's my argument. I, I think. But I still think, like, overall, they are a better team with Kevin Durant out there. 
That's just the way. It, there, no team is going to be worse with the second without the second best player. Boston, but <laughs> without the second best player in the league. But straight up, when Kevin Durant is missing, this team has the capability <coughs> to just get hot and really surprise you. Of like, when Steph Curry and Klay Thompson figure out the defense, it just looks unguardable at times. And there's there's that still exists with the with the Warriors, but it's a little bit more stagnant. The Warriors with Kevin Durant, but it's a little bit more stagnant of like. We're gonna go all go, you know, get our buckets. Like when when Steph Curry and Clay Thompson start off flat footed, if they're going down if they, they see it's a 10, 15 point lead, then they all turn to Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant goes and gets his. Instead of in this the, this I feel Warrior like that's very system. Hypothetical. I feel like that's not this, how it actually is. But it's definitely a lot more like that than it is without Kevin Durant, where if Steph Curry and Clay Thompson were having an off night in the first half they're going to still come back out and still shoot just as much, if not more. And while that other team is like chilling, we got the 20-point lead, they're getting hot, and by that, by the time that they get momentum, it's already too late. I mean, I, I don't know. But anyway, That's why I, like I want to talk about what does this mean for the Portland Trailblazers getting moving forward? Yeah, mo- moving forward like in the next few years, what do you do for me? I think, like, we've been saying it. This isn't, this isn't news to anyone. They kind of need a third guy. That's okay. Like maybe Yusuf Nurkic can be a third guy. They need a third. They need like a third guy as in like a versatile wing player. Having Alfred Aminu and Mo Harkless out there as your two best wing players, probably. I mean, like maybe like Evan Turner, but like who even knows what he's playing right now? Like he was kind of playing point guard, like small ball. He, he, had, a, he had a good playoff. He had a good playoff run, though. Yeah. I think, no, the, their best wing player was Rodney Hood in that series, but one, I don't know if they're going to re-sign him. Yeah. Two, I also think that you didn't really say it, but a lot of people are saying they need a third guy. They need to go get um, another star or whatever. I don't even think it necessarily I, I needs don't, to be a star. That's the thing. I don't think it necessarily yeah. needs to be a star because if CJ McCollum plays like he did in these playoffs, you're good. You, you don't need another guy. Yeah, because Damian Lillard, it, Damian Lillard did not have a great last two series. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying you have two really good guys. My, my point is like CJ McCollum and Damon Lillard are good as your top two guys. That this this playoffs proved that. If you have those two guys as your backcourt, third best team in the West. If, if you have those two guys leading the way, you're chilling. The thing is, you need a guy that comes after them. Who's going to be next? Because this think- year they didn't have Yusuf Nurkic in the playoffs. But even Yusuf Nurkic, like beyond him, you need a guy in the lane. Yeah, yeah, but like I don't, I don't even think it's like a, a third guy. It's just like. This team needs to be built better. You need to have actual wing players because the way like, to do that, Alfredo Minu should not be your starting small forward if you're in the Western Conference Finals. I've been saying that. The, the, you he like yes, guy that is that is three. probably true. The thing, like exactly. The thing is that we said with the shooting. The thing is, Alfredo Minu is actually kind of valuable in the way that he can play three and four. And is a versatile defender. But he is the problem he's a zero is, on offense. The, he's a the zero problem is, on offense. You're relying on for him to be a shooter. He has to have a way above average night for him to be shooting like to be anywhere near consistent from the three point line. You need a guy who will just like on an average night be able to hit consistent threes, and they do not have that beyond have their beyond their backcourt. You need to have two or three. Even like Rodney Hood, like he had moments this playoffs. I'm not sure he's confident enough in himself. Or those guys around him are confident enough in him to be like that to be like a third guy who like stand in the corner and hit threes. That was sort of the biggest problem is Mo Harkless and Alfred Aminu. They were getting open shots. People were just daring them to shoot, 
and most of the time they were missing. Here and there they'd hit one, but it really just showed like those guys were valuable on defense, but like you said, we're zeros on offense. And just like you just need anybody to put the ball in the basket from behind the arc in the playoffs. Also, if you're the Portland Trailblazers, you don't have money to go get a third guy. Yeah. So just try to build up your roster with a couple just, you know, like five, six million dollar players. Maybe you could attach, they have a couple expiring contracts now, maybe you can attach a pick with those. The biggest thing I think that the, that the Trailblazers should take away from this offseason is that, like, what they have in Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum is enough. Maybe not enough to win the finals. Maybe not enough to even make the finals, but it's enough to stay super competitive to the point where you're in the Western Conference Finals. And you're in the second round, in my opinion. So the thing is, like, as they have these really bad contracts they gave out a few years ago, sort of expiring over the next couple of years, a lot of them are. Like, you just need to, as that money frees up, just sort of rework this team, retool it, find those shooters, find those guys you can put around Dame and CJ that aren't going to go out and average 20 points per game, that aren't going to go average you know, double-digit rebounds, assists, aren't going to be spectacular necessarily at any one thing, aren't going to be stars, aren't going to be all-stars, aren't going to be superstars, but just that are going to be the kind of role players that fit with those two guys. And I think that's why the Utah Jazz consistently have been a very good team. Yeah. They have they have all of that and I, I without think having any top 20 player. As great as the Warriors have looked recently, the last the, the, the teams at the, the other teams at the top of the league right now are proving you can still play very high-level basketball with and be one, competitors with, with just one superstar in a very well deep team that is and a built pretty good around and them. a pretty good second option too. You have yeah, with yeah, the yeah. Bucks, you have Chris Middleton with the Raptors, you have Kyle Lowry or Pascal, whatever. And the Blazers, they have T.J. McCollum, so I think good for them. Yeah, that's enough. Rip City out. Let's run it back next year. I think so. I, and and before this playoffs, I would not have said they should. Just run it back. With I've the been same saying corner. it, but I've been it, saying it. Whatever they're doing is working. Rip City. All right, moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals: Milwaukee Bucks versus the Toronto Raptors. I'm awesome. <laughs> I mean, I'm you, so you awesome. called it. In case, you, in case you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to our last episode. I'll find, or I'll find a clip. I'll try to put it in. Anyways, after <laughs> after game two. Of the Eastern Conference Finals, we did an episode. I said Bucks and five after that episode. The Bucks are up two zero, but and I said two Bucks very and good five. Words. Connor Gielen over here said Raptors and seven. Now, of course, we know. Spoiler alert: the final outcome was Raptors and six. The Raptors proceeded to win four straight games after I said Bucks and five. I'm from the future, like you don't understand. Like I saw, <laughs> I like I was trying to be deceptive to like throw you guys off the trouble by saying Raptors in seven instead of six, but I'm like from the future. I know I know who's winning the finals. I, I'm still in I know a bit of shock. I know where KD is going next summer. I'm from the future. With every passing game. So actually, I'll say, after game four, I was like, wow, good work, Raptors. That was impressive. Bucks in seven. <laughs> We're chilling. The, the Raptors aren't going to win on a third in a row. Of course, the Bucks are going to go back home and they're going to win the game. No. The Raptors come out and win a third in a row. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, the Bucks aren't going to lose four in a row. They're going to at least in this <laughs> to seven. <laughs> no. It's the Paul Pierce curse. I, I really, I still can't believe that the Bucks managed to let this Raptors team win four in a row. I, I can't believe it. Yeah, I, I was arguing at the time 
when you were saying they're up 2-0, and I was like, Raptors in seven. And you said, so they're going to win four of the next five games. I was like, damn, that actually sounds like a lie. It, it, I, they, won four, <laughs> it, they won four of four games. Like, Not yeah, four like, of five, four of four. And <clears throat> I want to talk about, I had, so afterwards, me, I was over, I was at an Ultimate Frisbee State Championship. You're a nerd. And we were all watching the games in the hotels. We were, we kept talking about like what was going to happen in the series, and it, we so we were all watching Game Seven, and so like half people were for the Bucks, half people for the Warriors, or not even Game Seven, Game Six, but the Raptors win. And one of the kids on my team starts trying to argue that Giannis outplayed Kawhi in the series, and I was like, what? I think that anybody who watched like, all six games somewhat consistently, or maybe not anybody, but most people would say Kawhi pretty clearly outplayed Giannis in that series. I and see where he's coming from. You do? Yeah. So, like, so, so tell me, let me know what your thinking was. Because I thought it was crazy how Gian, Giannis just let Kawhi win four straight as this season's regular, as this regular season's MVP. But the, apparently Giannis outplayed Kawhi. I'm... I don't, I don't necessarily agree with him, but I understand where he's coming from, because I All don't right. think it was just like, I don't think it was 1-0. I don't think it was 100% Kawhi, 0% Giannis. I think the one game that stands out was Game 3, where Giannis had 12 points, 7 assists, and 23 rebounds. Mm-hmm. Only 12 points. And he played 45 minutes as well, because it went yeah. to overtime. However, Kobe Bryant is like invented this, where it says you have a bad shooting game, and then you go and get 20-plus rebounds. I always love when, <laughs> I always love when that happens. It's just like so I, I think like like yeah, he yeah, found he yeah. found another way to impact the game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You have seven yes. assists, you have twenty three rebounds, and your team your team loses by six points in double overtime. You can't say that he played horribly that game if your team loses no. by six in double overtime and you have twenty three rebounds and seven assists. I'm not trying to argue that Giannis played poorly. But the thing is like this guy was trying to argue basically to me that, okay, well, Giannis had it harder because he was being guarded by the best perimeter defender in the league in Kawhi Leonard. And I was like, well, how can you blame Kawhi Leonard for guarding Giannis when Giannis wasn't guarding Kawhi? So I think part of it is you have to take into account that Kawhi was guarding the other team's best player, won the series off of his offensive performance, while Giannis was having a few off-shooting nights in a row, and wasn't guarding Kawhi. Now, I understand he made, he made a good point, which is that Giannis is more of an off-ball defender anyway. His role, because they have Brooke Lopez, who's a hologram on defense on the court, they need Giannis to a be, they need Giannis to be <laughs> the paint protector. And so obviously Giannis is going gonna, is gonna to take someone probably that's standing Jeez. under the basket and is going to come help and try to protect the rim. That makes sense. Yes. But at the same time, how can you discredit Kawhi or because Giannis was being guarded by the best player, best best defender in the in the league, who also happens to be Kawhi? That I doesn't understand make any sense. that person you're arguing with is stupid. Like, <laughs> I'm not that person, so like, stop trying to blame me for that. But the one thing I would say is I was going to bring this up either way, but yeah. I, I can use it as okay. a small point to undermine that argument. Giannis played. <clears throat> what did he play? Giannis played 34 minutes a game. Can you believe that? 
That's it's not much. So, that's so low. Giannis yeah. played 34 minutes a game in the Eastern Conference Finals. He played like 37 minutes a game in that in the end, in the in game six when your season's on the line. I think he played 38 minutes. I think I think Coach Bud, like, what are you doing? Like, this got me so. He definitely tight. fouled like, out in at least one of those games, maybe two. So not that not in that game. past game. He was. Yeah, like, and, and he, was getting, like, he was getting rest time in the first half it, while Kawhi Leonard's still on the floor. I don't. I I, like, I still don't get that. I, I I think that Coach Bud did a fantastic job with the Bucks this year. I don't. I I agree with you. It doesn't eight. make a lot of sense that Giannis was getting benched. Like even eight. in the fifth, even in the fourth quarter, I have like five minutes left to go. Giannis would be sitting on the bench while Kawhi is like slowly expanding the lead, and you're like, where is the where is Giannis? Where right is now? Giannis? Where's the best player in the league? Mm-hmm. And also, you have him playing 34 minutes a game while. Throughout the season, Coach Bud um, cut down on his minutes intentionally, saying, "Hey, we need you for the playoffs." He played. Yeah. He played less minutes per game this year than last year, the year before, be, th- like for this specific purpose. Like this is Game Six of the Eastern and, Conference, and finals. it doesn't make sense that he would be. It would make sense if, like, it makes sense for Game Three. The ra- the Bucks are up 2-0. Okay, you're gonna rest. You're gonna start <coughs> resting out. You're gonna take your foot off the pedal a little bit. You're gonna rest on a little bit because you think that you've got the series in good shape and you're saving it for the finals a little bit. When you get to Game Six and you're down three-two, you better be playing Giannis every minute because if you don't win that game, there is no finals to be saving him for. Yeah, it's just that seems to be really my awful. my main my main problem though with Giannis. It comes in the last couple games where it's it just is like the Raptors did something on defense that he wasn't comfortable with, and he couldn't figure out what to do like. I think that so when when Kawhi and the Raptors were presented with a situation in which they were seeing something that they couldn't quite handle in the first two games, they turned it around and won four straight. When when the when the Raptors come out and win two straight and then another two straight, at no point in that four game stretch did Coach Bud, Giannis, and the Bucks figure out what do we do against this Raptors team? What has changed? <coughs> Are you saying they didn't they didn't change anything? I don't I just don't understand why you clearly see and, and this you can't put all of the blame on Giannis, because essentially what the Raptors did was just stick like four and a half defenders in the paint and say like if we lose on threes, we lose on threes, but Giannis is not getting the basket. I, I and think, everybody's shooting like I don't Eric Bledsoe's like fifteen percent yeah. from three. Like it's they were very much like making sure that Giannis couldn't get within the painted area. And get a lot, not only get anywhere near the basket because as soon as he sets foot in the paint, two points. But at the same time, if you're Giannis Antetokounmpo, if you're the MVP of the league, if you're the best player in this team by a long shot, if your players aren't making shots, if their whole game plan is like trying to stop this one thing, I don't know what exactly it is that you do, but you gotta figure out something. And he at no point did he figure that out. Rather than stepping up. And playing like the best player on that team, playing like the MVP, he sort of took a step back and was less aggressive. At the end of Game 6, in the fourth quarter, he should have been, I don't care, attack the rim. Make them foul you, make them do so. Turn the ball over five more times. If your guys aren't making shots, you got to just take it upon yourself to win that game or lose that game. But it's got to be on you, not on them, if they're not hitting shots and you're the MVP of the league. I don't care. It's 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 what it's what won them sixty games is Giannis going to going to the paint. If too many people help on Giannis, then they hit kick it out for a three, and boom, pick your poison. 
But if, if you know if one of those two options isn't working, if your first option isn't working, you gotta find that second option. So what's next? If you if you can't get threes, and now they're just all helping in the paint, I don't know what exactly it is, but that's on Coach Bud and the MVP of the league to figure out what's next. And Giannis has got, probably got to be more aggressive, not less aggressive. Yeah, I mean that's th- my problem. That's, that's really that's really easy to say. It's easier to say like, than do. Yes. At this table when you're not facing probably the best defense in the league. 100%. And the one of the best benches in the league. Yeah. And you're also, this is your first time in the conference finals with a new coach mm-hmm. who is given his experience. But I think that's part of the issue there. And I feel like it's really easy to say. And I would, just, I would, I would like to, I think we're going to wrap it up for this part of the segment. Yeah. But I think that, just congrats Milwaukee Bucks on an amazing season. We did. 100%. We had you at like, number 10 in the league like before the start of the season in our power rankings and that was like we maybe, did? yeah and that was maybe a little bit ambitious Sheesh. on our part too like i remember yeah we, we had a pacers fan he, he was like man like we like pacers are much better than the bucks the disrespect we should have <laughs> he, they should be in the top 10 instead of the bucks and i was like damn like he might be right we may have missed the we may have missed something there we were we we definitely missed. <laughs> we were something. more right than, but yeah, we definitely missed something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because sixty wins, like hats off. Hopefully they can keep the team together this summer. But uh, we'll talk more about that this summer. Yeah, we got a lot for this sure. Summer. Okay, all right. So the let's talk NBA about NBA Finals. The big the big game the big series. Yeah. It's finally here. This is what it all comes down to. And at, as much as I wanted the the Bucks to win that series because. I love Giannis, and I love that team just because Giannis is my MVP at the beginning of the season, and so I've sort of been rooting them. Like I was pretty impartial. Yeah, I, and especially when they went up 2-0, I was like, yeah, like I just I got on board with like the idea of the Bucks of the Bucks going to the finals. Because I also I also think like Are they the, I don't know for the Warriors. Yeah, maybe no, maybe not because we'll get into it. But I think Kawhi is. He's he's done a good job against the Warriors in the past. We'll say that, but especially without Kevin Durant, I'm not sure who you put on Giannis. That's part of it. Is like, are you gonna put Kevon Looney on on Giannis? No, you put you, you would put KD on him. You put Draymond Green on him. I don't think so. Like Draymond Green is a is a great defender, but I think that he's best off as a guy that's not guarding the other team's best player, but but sort of being there as like. Let me get steals. Let me get blocks from off the ball, like helping it more so than being an on-ball guy. So I don't think you want to put Draymond on Giannis. And then obviously Clay Curry are too short. But why can't the same be said about Kawhi Leonard? The same because I think that Clay Thompson can be can do a much better job against Clay Thompson on Kawhi Leonard is much less of a mismatch than Clay Thompson on Giannis and Zidakupo. Just straight up, just because like the size, I but that's it, but, also, but that's all that's all without Kevin Durant. But also, you know? I would say that hey, who would you rather have a really, really, really good defender on? If if I'm a coach and I have mm-hmm. Kawhi and I have Giannis, and I have a really, really, really good defender in front of me, I'm sending out Kawhi Leonard, not Giannis, because Kawhi Leonard has that shot making ability. Yes, whereas Giannis doesn't. But it also depends on who the defender is. I think even if it's Clay Thompson, I understand why you say that because mm-hmm. it's like he's longer, getting get to the rim. But I would say like, hey, he's going to be getting guarded really well by one of the league's top yeah. defenders. I'm going to rather have a guy who can make a tough mid-range jump shot or can make a but, tough three, which Giannis can't do. I think straight up, 
Now, this obviously wasn't true in the Eastern Conference Finals because we just I just went on a rant about this. But if the Bucks if the Bucks shooters are making their shots, then all Giannis has to do is post them post up Clay Thompson, start backing him down, and right as he's about to go for the dunk, if, if Draymond if Draymond Green, but he's not, but he's not, he doesn't have the same brute strength and height that Giannis does. Very few players in the league do. Um, no, I think no. Just e- even if you're saying that, I would say the best post defender in the league right now is probably Draymond Green. So but, like, but Draymond Green, I don't think is the most elite like on ball defender. Most of what you see as okay, Draymond Green no, is like an elite defender, defender. is coming in as part of the system, getting a block, thinking, getting a steal. Like we're talking about the post. Are you saying so he he but, do but either? The thing is, you also have to remember about Draymond Green as a post defender. He's six foot seven. If you have a guy, he's who's, also the best post defender of the league. I'm standing but if, by But this. if you're, but if you have a guy who's backing Draymond down, that's not where Draymond Green would excel. Draymond Green is such a versatile defender because he can guard someone on the perimeter and he can protect the paint. But if you send someone, if Draymond Green can't help on the guy in the paint, if he has to be the one that's being backed down the paint, he becomes a lot less valuable as a as I a don't as think defender. So. So Draymond Green, straight up, if he's guarding, like, he, no, he, Draymond he Green, like guard. Joel Embiid, for example, Draymond Green's not the best poster in the league to be guarding Joel Embiid. Then it's a guy like Al Horford. I think, but but in I terms of like saying, being one of the best rim protectors in the league, sure, Draymond. I think that's different than Giannis, though. Maybe like, just because well, I think Giannis, Giannis is really Marvel. strong too. He's not Joel Embiid strong. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, have you been watching? Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's probably... Have you been watching? Like, have you been watching this entire season the way, like, Giannis would just take a couple of dribbles and, like, uh, 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 like just threw everybody. And, like, there are very few guys who can stop that. And I don't think that Draymond Green is one of them, straight up. Okay, so... But, who, not to discredit Draymond Green's defense, because obviously okay. it's elite. Let's talk series predictions. Okay. Yeah. And then we'll... But that well, was that was all that was all why the Bucks might be a better matchup than, than <laughs> that the was a, yeah, that, wasn't that was a long day. But like, essentially, I I think that you have to when you're considering the series. One of the most important things is you have to think back to like the Spurs would have beat the Warriors probably two years ago or three years ago at this point if Kawhi hadn't been injured. You remember when Zaza Pachulia? Remember when Zaza Pachulia? I understand. You're saying in a series they were up by like in game one. That was in game one. I promise no. you. No. That. that was game one. I'm telling okay. you right now. Okay. That was game one of this year. I swear on my life. It was game Are one of sure? the 2016 like, second round or third round. Okay. Keep going. And, yeah, okay. So, everyone always reacts about this. They're saying, like, they were up 20. They, they could have done it, whatever. Like, no, that was game one. The Raptors could win game one by 30, and I'm still going to have the Warriors winning the series. And I'm right. It was, it was game that. one. It was game one. And so, like... People overreacted so much where I think that the Spurs, no, they would not. I understand Kawhi Leonard had 26 points in 24 minutes. I still think the Spurs definitely could have won that series. I don't think Straight so. Up. The Warriors were so good. The Warriors are so good. Like, people are forgetting this. Yeah. Yes, yes. But also, like, the way that Kawhi Leonard was playing in that series, the way that... For 24 minutes. But you also have to think about, like, the that was the last time, like... Kawhi Leonard, before this season, hadn't played in two years. That was the last time we saw Kawhi Leonard play. Yeah, but... Has he really gotten that much better since then to now? I don't really think he's gotten, like... 
Which you're taking a big mean? step, like big steps forward in his play. So, so at that point, so though, I considered saying? Kawhi Leonard the third best player in the league, and at this point, he probably is as well. So, so what are you saying? Like, no, no I'm one's saying, saying that, like, no one's saying he's gotten better. My point is that, like, right now, there's people are you out there. Worse? No, no, no. I'm not saying worse. I'm saying that. I honestly, like, I don't even really remember what happened this year. I, I remember, I said, okay, like, the the Spurs could have won that series because I hear all the time people say the Spurs would have won that series. Yeah, and that's so, stupid. Okay, stupid or not, there's a lot of people out there who will say the okay, Spurs would have won that series. They're wrong. And my point is that Kawhi Leonard probably hasn't gotten that much better since that series. So, so if what? Kawhi Leonard at, at that point in his career was capable, you mean worse? I don't like if you. Whatever. You mean worse, correct? Could, what? I don't think Kawhi Leonard is worse than he was. Then. Okay, so exactly, you're saying he could lead us. You he, he could lead a team to beat the Warriors. I'm saying th- at that point he probably could have led a team to beat the Warriors. I think that at this point he's still got a very good chance of beating a team, okay. leading a team to beat okay. the Warriors. The way you phrase that makes no sense. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Okay, that's confusing. Okay, anyways, series prediction: three, two, one, go. Warriors and six. That's so lame. With with a tear in my eye, with a broken heart. No, I'm saying that's so lame to make the favorite I know, I know, in six. I know. Like what? It's, I can't say Warriors in five because I could just as easily see the Raptors winning in six. I can't say Warriors in seven because I don't think this is going to game seven. Either way. Either way, you're saying Warriors in six or I'm Raptors saying Ra- in six. Yes. Nice. <coughs> and... So yeah, so that's that's basically it. Okay, I think the Warriors have like a five percent. No, whoa. I think the Ra- I think the Raptors have like a fifteen percent chance at winning the series, maybe less. Here, I, I think if they do, it won't be in Game Seven. I think it'll be in Game Six because I think that to win the series, they would have to win both of the first two. But you're saying you, at home, you don't think that in a Game Seven, who would you have? In a Game Seven, the Warriors. At, but in Toronto, yes. In a Game Seven. At that point, I'm assuming Kevin Durant would be back. Kevin Durant would not let that team lose in Game Seven. So, by that, but if it was, so so essentially, the the Raptors. The only way I see the Raptors winning the series is if they win the first two games. If they win the first two games at home in Toronto, then the then the Warriors can still go. Um, if they then 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 in theory they could have enough momentum to steal one. In, in Golden State, or even if they don't steal either, then they could still win two of the next four. And I like those odds. Whereas, if... Or sorry, two of the next five. If the if the, if they don't win the first two, then the Warriors and the Warriors steal one in Toronto, then they go into Golden State up 1-1, one, one, then, the, then I see... And I think that the, that the Warriors would take both in Golden State, go up 3-1... Maybe the Raptors win one more. Maybe they don't, and it would end in five or six. So if the Raptors win both games in Toronto, I've got Raptors in six. If the Golden State Warriors steal one in Toronto, they give me Golden State in five or six. Probably six. Interesting. So you have this weird thing where it's like Warriors and six. Every, everything I'm saying is complicated today. Yeah. <laughs> Warriors in six or Raptors in six. Yeah. Totally makes sense. I'll leave you with that. Here's how it's going to go in my mind. Okay. Okay. Go for it. So, Toronto, coming off of this big uh, win, game six win in Toronto. Drake is celebrating. The whole city of Toronto literally just exploded, which was sick to see. And that's, so, that's part of the reason I'm not that disappointed anymore that the, 
that the Raptors won. Like, I can accept it now. Yeah. That Giannis isn't in the finals just because of the way that, tr- yeah. that the city of Toronto reacted. Anyways, so, Toronto Raptors, the whole city's feeling it. The, these ticket prices are insane. So, the whole, the, like, the Toronto fans are not going to shut up. They're going to mm. take game one at home. The Raptors are going to win game one at home. Second game, I, there, there's no way in my mind that they're losing game one. I just, I just can't picture it. The, the Toronto Raptors yeah. of the NBA Finals. Yeah, no way. I, I, I can't see it happening. If they, because if they do, then the then the Warriors are winning in six. <laughs> game two, game two. I see Steph Curry going off for forty five points. Forty five. Forty. Okay. okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. So they take it. <laughs> they take it. The Warriors take game two. Go back to Oakland. Okay. Game three. Warriors. Game four. Kevin Durant comes back. Warriors. Game five. So it's okay. Timeout. The Ra- so the Raptors are down three one to the Golden State Warriors. This is correct. So you've got so you got fly back to Toronto. The Warriors close it out, or they Warriors win. So confetti. Warriors and five in their own. So city. you've got so you the got great curse comes so full got, circle back to the six. They, you got them the pulling like a reverse of what they did in the Eastern Conference Finals, where they win the first game, then lose four straight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they they win, but then wow. they lose four straight. I'm, I don't. I don't like that. And here's also what's going to happen. Paul Pierce, after the game one win, He's is, gonna going, say over. is going to say on Twitter that the Raptors are going to win the it's NBA over. Finals, and then the Paul Pierce curse lives on, inheriting the Drake curse. Wow. To the Paul Pierce curse, and the Paul Pierce curse lives on, whilst, whilst, the Raptors lose in Toronto in Game Five. That is Connor Gillen's prediction. So, if the Raptors win the NBA Finals, is the Drake curse broken forever? Yes, never coming back ever again. No, no, honestly, in my opinion, the Drake curse is over. You, just, whole, just because they made the finals. Yes, the Drake curse is over. I respect. The it. only way that the Drake curse would live is if my my opinion comes true and that they lose at home in Game Five, because that's like that's the worst loss that they can have yeah. while losing at home. I losing I, five in Toronto. Yeah. Game four is going to be a full. I hope. I hope what you said doesn't happen because I I want I want if the I want whatever team wins the series to win it at home. I'm from the future. So You're from the future. We've seen this. But, alright, so how can you... Explain to me how you can have so much confidence in the Raptors that down 2-0, they're going to win in 7. But, but coming up against the Warriors, they're like, Warriors in 5. <laughs> Warriors in 5. You don't understand. Have you ever heard of this guy, Steph Curry? I, I have MVP, heard of him, yes. Really hungry for his first finals MVP ever. Even better when Kevin Durant doesn't play. But, so I have Warriors in six. So it's not like I'm saying that like I don't see that, that, Steph, that Steph Curry exists. But like, to me, it's like I have confidence in the Bucks over the Raptors. So it kind of makes sense that I would like doubt the Raptors again. Although maybe you should make the, I should you can make the opposite argument that like they already proved me wrong once, so that maybe they'll prove me wrong again. Maybe but they will. But if you try, if you just trusted the if you just trusted the Raptors, you put your your heart and soul into my dignity on the line. And to believe that the, that the Raptors are going to come back. But now and they, it's over. Now and Kawhi Leonard was your hero. Now he makes you look like a genius. Yeah. And now you're like, well, F that. Like, get out of here. Yeah, essentially. Warriors and five. Yes, Warriors and five. You don't understand. Okay, so Steph Curry, like I said, he's going for 40-plus in game two. This has been established already. We can all agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't agree to this. I didn't agree to this. We can all agree to that. Also, you have Andre Udala, who has... Who has like spent the last like ninety games of the season going like sixty percent just for these next five to six to seven games? Why, why is like all, why is the entire Warriors roster done that? 
Yeah, literally. Except for Steph Curry. Even though Steph Curry missed a few games yeah. this year as well. I want to talk about with Draymond after this. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, Andre Gudala has saved his entire energy for the season for these next four to seven games. That's a plus in the favor of the Warriors. Also, Pascal Siakam can't hit a jump shot. Plus for the Warriors. Also, Danny Green can't hit a jump shot. Plus for the Warriors. Also, I mean, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry can go for 40 like this in a playoff game, which we've seen several times. Like that. Plus for the Warriors. Uh, what else? Um, oh, Draymond Green is playing his best basketball maybe ever. Plus for the Warriors. Um, Kyle Lowry choking factor. Kyle Lowry choking factor. Plus for the Warriors. If um, Kevin Durant... Kawhi is Leonard really... isn't necessarily that good of a playmaker. Plus for the, rap- uh, plus for the Warriors. Hasn't hurt him yet. If... If Kevin Durant and Boogie Cousins were to return, is that a plus for the Warriors or a, no, a minus for the Warriors? No. Or DeMarcus Cousins, <coughs> minus for the Warriors. Kevin Durant, plus for the Warriors. Explain that logic. <coughs> um, Kevin Durant goes without saying, just as like, even though I think that the Warriors are a better team without Kevin Durant, I think that in the playoffs, where when you're in playing... In the NBA Finals. Yeah, in the NBA Finals. Two-time Finals MVP. When you're, when you're playing... A team that is as skilled defensively as the Raptors, you need any kind of scoring that you can get, and Kevin Durant's probably the best in the world at that. Agreed. Also, DeMarcus Cousins, I think it's way too different for this team. They ha- they have played like maybe seven games with him this entire season. You're telling me you want to play another se- the like the other half of his time with the Warriors is going to be the, the finals. NBA Finals? No, that right. can't be a thing. So I'm saying. Throw Boogie to the curb. Let him get his ring while playing seven games. Send him off to wherever he wants to go. I was just about to ask on that. How do you feel if you're DeMarcus Cousins? Oh, I don't want my ring. And your I don't first want, playoff I'm experience? An, I'm pulling an Anderson Verichow. Shout out to Anderson Verichow. Like, I, I respect hated, that. I hated him, but then he threw out his finals MVP ring. Or his, finals, his, his ring. finals ring. Which is very impressive. Anyways, DeMarcus Cousins, you should do that. Yeah. Just not even accept it. No. Like, I think I would still accept it, but, like, just I would, not I would value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. I'm a hypocrite. But, like, you're like, a if, part of that team. Yeah, you know? I'm not. I'm totally a hypocrite. Like, yeah. If I, get a, if I got a finals ring, I'm a like, <laughs> Yeah. But, Sell on eBay, pull a Kareem. Pull a Kareem. Respect Kareem. <laughs> All right. But, but going back to what we, what we were saying about Draymond, I already I already sort of slandered Draymond's defense a little bit. Not, not even meaning to, but here's my problem. Basically, since the playoffs have started, don't everybody's like, "Don't do it." Draymond Green, he's is like such an elite <laughs> player, and they're. I'm, everybody, I think, needs to take a small, a small <laughs> chill pill on how good Draymond Green is. This has happened so many times over, where it's like you get to the playoffs, the Warriors in the championship, and everybody's like, "Draymond Green's the man." He Draymond is. Green's the goat. I love that man. Then he kicks one of the balls. He falls <laughs> apart in the regular season. Everybody's like, Draymond trash. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> it's like this cycle of like, Draymond is elite to like Draymond's booty. I see And that. it like just keeps happening. <laughs> and and, and I, I'm just thinking with like, Draymond's overrated. Like I, I'm sticking with that. I don't even want to say overrated. At times he's overrated. And actually, he's not even overrated. Like right now, he is one of the most elite defenders in the league. But he's one of the most elite defenders in the league for 16 games. Assuming the Warriors win, win this four games. This is like the first season. year where he hasn't played good in the regular season. Well, it's all the, all the one seasons where he said they've had Kevin Durant. But... I don't think that's true. It's before, and the, the season when they won like 73 games, of course, Sherman Green was great in the regular season. Same but with like, last year and the year before that. I, I don't know. It Definitely like a big uptake in the playoffs. Like on, in the defensive end. Just in terms of effort, mostly. But 
mostly what I just mean is I don't I don't think I don't want to say Draymond's overrated because I think that like he deserves how much respect he gets because he's such an important part of everything that the Warriors team does. I don't, overrated is not the right word. But What's I don't. Word? What's the word? What are you trying to say? I have to put it in sentence form. Sentence. Go. I think that when just the long. Draymond Green has not been consistent in this level of play, and I don't think that him playing this way for 16 games earns him the amount of respect and the amount of celebration that he is getting right now. I get it. I get it. He's such an important part. When Kevin Durant is out of this defense, of this whole system, of what they do on offense and defense as a playmaker, as a rim protector, as getting in the passing lanes and stealing the ball. But it's like, it's frustrating for me to watch guys play 82 games in the regular season, go to the playoffs, keep up that level of play and elevate it a little bit, while Draymond Green can just have a like mediocre regular season where are, he can't shoot the ball, about, he's putting low, low defensive effort, and then he gets to the playoffs. He can I, play. I don't he can think play that's twenty true. good think games. About, think about Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is like a second team All NBA player this year, and everyone's loving that. And he elevates it slightly in the playoffs, and everyone's loving Kawhi Leonard. He elevates. A, he elevates to a whole other level in the playoffs. Okay, no, he was playing like year, a top. He was playing like a, yeah. a top six, seven player. Yeah, this and season. now he's playing like the best in the world. No, and okay, and now he's playing like a top four player in the yeah. league. Like that's, and that's, and that's, I, I respect I would consider that, that yeah. a slight elevation. Yeah, so that's what you're saying. But I'm saying that that like. This whole idea that like oh no one's appreciating people that increase slightly in playoffs that's, that's no no no, no that's, not what, doing right that's now. not what I'm arguing is that it's not that like you increase slightly I'm saying that for example like Kenny Beecham from Through the Wire he put Draymond Green in his A tier of power forwards like as in that means Draymond Green was like a top three four five power forward in the league I don't like that mostly just because it's like. You, I, people argue all the time about like longevity, and you've been doing it for a long time. And Draymond Green has been consistently a great defensive player for the Warriors for the last like five years. But how can you talk about longevity? He's been how important for the how, past five years, and how Three important he's been. Years. But then just completely ignore the fact that he wasn't consistent at all this season. Okay, at one that's, point, that's one at one season. point, it was this season. It was it's, this season. It's, it's one that season. That people were making backpack memes about this season. <laughs> <laughs> They've been making backpack memes like since he came into the league. He, that's his form. That's his that shot was, form. That, that was this, that about, was this year. That was, that was this like, season that the backpack memes I'm, blew up. That's not true. Everybody, First every, of all, that was last year. Second of all, no, you can't say that, like, longevity. If you're talking about longevity, you're talking about years over years over years. Yeah. Draymond Green has been an all-star for four of the past five seasons. I don't think so, you can, like, so def- say, like, oh, he's inconsistent because he had a bad regular season this year and compare him to people like Kawhi Leonard and saying, like, oh, he's getting so much more praise even though he sucked this season. Yeah. Whereas, no, people are all over Kawhi. As yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Some so people are saying, oh, yeah, Draymond Green. I'm not good. saying anything about – I'm not saying anything about stepping your play up in the playoffs because – if, if you gave 100% effort in the regular season and 100% effort in the playoffs, but you just have to go to, like, a whole other gear. Like, it's more like Kawhi was giving 100% effort in the, in the regular season. I was giving 110% effort to just totally, shall I say, backpack his team <laughs> to the finals. Keep going. <laughs> the thing about Draymond Green is I feel like he's been given 50% effort cruising his way to the finals. Now he's giving and now he just And now he decides to give 100% effort. 110, though. I'm saying he, he's giving as much that's, effort as Kawhi Leonard. That's 
And how prob- can you not totally respect that? And, and I, think- I do, I do respect. I hundred percent respect that. But at the and same he's time, gonna, he's gonna whip the Raptors' ass. Also, facts, facts. So how can you disrespect facts. this man? And I don't not, understand. And it's, I'm not trying to disrespect him. I'm saying that. Would you agree? The term longevity means playing a consistent at a consistent high level over an extended period of time. Yes, and I think that period of time okay. in the NBA is years. Yes, but would you also wouldn't you also agree that a cons- that playing over the course of an entire NBA season over eighty two games plus whatever twenty in the playoffs, so like over a hundred games, if you're only playing at your absolute best for twenty of those games, then you're not really living up to that standard of playing consistently at a high level at your best level, the best level that you can over an extended period of time. That's my main problem with Draymond Green, is people who say, oh, well, longevity is so important, and and I can't say that LeBron's not the best player in the world because he's been doing this for 15 years. And then they turn around and say, well, Draymond Green's hit that up in the playoffs. He's a great player in 16 games, so Draymond Green is a top 20 player in the league. It's like, well, then that's just contradictory. You have to, if you have When you value longevity, you value, you value consistency in, like, an extended period of elite level play. And I can't say that right now Draymond Green is doing that. That's my main problem with Draymond Green. As much as I respect him, but as much as I dislike him, he's fantastic in the playoffs. And he's going to kill the Raptors. And he's going to clap the Raptors. And he's going to be a reason for Warriors in five. I won't even try to argue against that because it's true. I just wish that a player who gets who's as like controversial as Draymond Green... You'd think that that kind of guy would just want to give. He's he's known for his like grit, determination, and effort in the playoffs, and that's sort of his like he his tries hallmark. in the regular season. I don't he understand. Tri- he tries. He tries he a tries. whole lot less. He's he's a defensive player of the year. That's a regular season award. This year, this he, year, I'm know, talking about this year. Okay, people aren't focusing on this year. People identified Draymond Green with this who is, he's been this for is the five most, years. This is the most praise that Draymond Green... Right now is the most praise that Draymond Green has had in like three years. That's my problem. Is at this point, when Draymond Green decides to step up for 16 games, everybody's celebrating him the most. Not really. I think people are celebrating him the most because he had such a bad regular season. I, I if, if you ask people fair, right now, but, I, like, I think the average person would say... Oh yeah, Draymond Green, he might be playing a bit better than he was last year or the year before, but I think it's just such a stark contrast for the regular season. That's why everyone's giving this attention. Alright. End. Yes. <laughs> End of argument. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Space the Formula Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, hope us, you guys enjoyed. Hope you guys enjoyed. Follow us on Instagram <laughs> at Space the Floor. Uh, podcast and on Twitter at Space the Floor. And if you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you're listening on iTunes, leave a review. And thank you so much. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flattery. And see you next time. Peace.